0: Hey, everyone, welcome to Talk It Out, where we talk it out. My name is Chase. I'm joined by Ross. Yes, sir. Montana. Yep. And Jeff. I'm here. What did you say, Ross?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I said crank this, that. No, crank <laughs> that.
0: There you go. Uh, well, today we are talking about the finale of the He Is series talking about how God is slow to anger. Mm -hmm. And of course, it was Father's Day as well. Mm -hmm. And well, we got three fathers right here. And so this was hopefully a good one for each of us. As you heard the message, what was like the one takeaway as you think about even just being a dad with your kids, the way you go about raising your kids, handling your kids, uh, what was one big takeaway for you?
2: For me, I think it's kind of similar to with your kid. You know, I have a two and a half year old right now. And so there's times where He's doing something, and I'm like, hey, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that. And he doesn't stop, and then eventually (laughs) gets to the point where I get angry. And I'd say in that moment, I kind of, like, I got slow to anger. I gave him, like, 18 chances. (laughs) But from his perspective, all he sees is the anger side of it. And so when Josiah was talking, I was kind of thinking it's it's the same with us. Like, God is this God who truly is slow to anger. Mm. But when we see the anger... That's the thing that's in front of our face. And so, especially with the Old Testament, a lot of people think that God is this angry God who's always punishing and all this stuff. But if you really look at it, there's like hundreds of years of him kind of going, hey, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. And then the anger comes. And then the thing I love about it too is he later explains the whole purpose behind his anger. And this is kind of where it goes into that righteous anger was to bring people back to him. And so even in his anger... That he was slow to get to in the first place, it's still filled with love for us. That's good.
3: The, my biggest takeaway was the statements that Josiah used that were mm-hmm. dichotomous, like that they were opposite, righteous mm-hmm. versus what? Unrighteous, yeah. Unrighteous, but yeah. Like righteous the, anger uh, is
0: fueled by justice. Unrighteous anger chooses. Oh, no, I, I missed one. Me too. But unrighteous right. anger chooses to react, righteous anger chooses to respond. Yeah. yeah and there's it, a few
3: for someone instead of towards someone yeah, was another good. one. That but last
1: I, one is heal versus hurt. Um, I think, I just,
3: think the, the, the one that resonated with me was the fueled by injustice, not by insecurity. Because I think a lot of times, I, like as a parent, I get angry sometimes out of insecurity. Both of my kids are really in their own way in the boundary pushing time mm-hmm. where they're <laughs> trying to understand like what's okay they'll do things that they know is wrong or that I've told them not to do and so it'll be like that deal that's pushing on my my power a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm the dad like <laughs> you're going to do what I say. You know and that's that a little bit of that insecurity yeah. I think in me being fueled by injustice rather than insecurity was a big takeaway.
0: And yeah, one of, I love too obviously it's fathers day but Mother's Day, Father's Day, pick a day. Like, it's a great message for any of us. So Montana, mm-hmm. obviously not a father, not that you know of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, no. Dad joke. Uh, what what stuck out to you was kind of one big thing that jumped out to you from the message?
1: I don't know. Honestly, I kind of thought this was maybe a bit random in the message, but it still stuck out to me when Josiah was saying, our hope is not that, you know, maybe God will answer our prayers or... Maybe he'll do this thing for us, but our hope is in who he is and not what he does for us. I don't know, I just liked it because it, it kind of was just just randomly said in there. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with being slow to anger besides that that is a characteristic of who God is. When we're trying to understand who God is, we also immediately think of actions that he does for us, uh, which is great. Like he is a, a faithful father who does a lot of good for us, but... Like at the end of the day, it's still who God is that can really ground us in, and root us in that hope. thought that was good.
0: That's good. I want to go back to just something you said, because I think we can all have this discussion of people we've talked to, whether they were friends or random people we've met. Like you find out, you know, you're a Christian, you work at a church, you go to church, whatever. And like we look at the Old Testament, and it is. Like it's a hard argument to say, no, God's slow to anger, because we have all these recorded times of what we would say is anger. I knew it, but just remembering it and reading it again and really thinking about it just at this point of my life where I'm at of like slow to anger, it's like anger is important. Mm-hmm. And I've been learning that, I think, personally just the last couple of years. And Josiah talked about it a little bit too, but it's like anger is a gift. Like it, it's And it's attached to your passion. Like when you feel passionate about something, it, it can show up in the things you choose to get angry about. Because I hear that argument all the time of like, well, God's an angry God, God's an angry God. And And even like... God's an angry god but Jesus wasn't so this whole thing <laughs> is fake you know like they're, they're not they're how are they, the same people the same god the same whatever like that doesn't make sense but like the the truth is that was not God's initial reaction was to get angry and to kill people and to Sodom and Gomorrah everybody it was like it was slow to anger it was years decades generations and the things he would do first were compassion the idea of making man and woman and then putting them in a perfect place where they didn't have to work and labor and stress they could enjoy this like that was an act of compassion there it was gracious but then th- the mistake was made and like sin enters the world and then it's like well god's angry he kicked him out of the garden and it's like no they like they broke the ability to be in that space they broke the ability by by gaining the knowledge that they didn't need of there's this good and this evil and like and just as i you know i believe is this poetic look of our, our world and, and, and the kingdom and the life that we live, but like, like that knowledge broke that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that God was angry and kicked them out for eating a fruit. Like that's so simplistic and like silly of, of an argument to me. It's like, no, like constantly God was trying to protect. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where his anger shows up is when people are going against his protection or going against it. And then like you said, like, hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And that's where that injustice starts to kick up. And yeah. and I think about it, even with our kids, like, we get angry, you know, and even down to punishment. Like, punishment in our house looks, you know, maybe different than others, but it's like, like yes, we punish our kids, but, like, severe punishment comes when they are hurting someone else or they're going to hurt themselves. Yeah. And, and we have to be careful with our words as parents because we want to be slow to anger, but there's, there's a purpose for our anger. Yeah. And I think that's what we see in the Bible. Yeah.
2: That's one of the ways it's kind of been explained to me is a lot of times anger is connected like kinda of like with what Josiah was saying is it's that secondary response and a lot of times it's just connected to love. And it's you love something so much and when you see something causing it hurt or something causing it pain or itself causing its self hurt or pain, it causes you to get angry. Mm-hmm. And it's because you don't wanna see the thing that you love suffer.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I think it's important. We, got, we have to read the Bible in context of what was going on. Yeah. And although the scripture is inspired by God, people have written the Bible, right? And they're mm-hmm. writing in the context of the, of the day that they're living in. Mm-hmm. And the understanding of gods in the Old Testament from society that they were living in was very vindictive mm-hmm. and very much like if you, you have to do you know, everything you can to appease me, And if you don't appease me, you're going to have something bad befall you. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that that God is described as someone who is slow to anger, compassionate, always coming back to his people even when Mm -hmm. they turn away from him, that would have been so unbelievable in the context of what the ancient Israelites were living in. Mm -hmm. So we can't put our worldview— We can't put, like, the context we're living in on the Old Testament because mm-hmm. that's robbing it of the power of, mm-hmm. of like, the angry God thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a lot less angry. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was actually an alternative. Yeah. And yeah, that's good. that was really yeah. attractive to the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's go back to, once again, like, the, the idea of, of Abraham and Isaac. Like, this sacrifice your son. Like, people like to use that one, I think, too, in defense of, like, The angel didn't stop him. He was going to kill his son, and God's what God wanted. And it's like, okay, there's so much more context. And the context is like, child sacrifice was the way of Mm -hmm. almost all the gods. Exactly. You had all these kids, so you could sacrifice at least one of them. Right. That seems so nuts, but that, that was so like normal at that point, yeah. Right. And so, and so for the story, idea of like this alternate of like yes. you don't have to sacrifice your child. You don't have to appease the gods every day exactly. and that's your only duty in life. Exactly. And if you mess it up once, prepare to die. Like like you're saying, that was an alternate. It was a third option of the mm-hmm. life that you could choose, a radical third way. Like that was exactly that. And that's what Jesus presents and it looks different and it looks like a radical option in Jesus' context, just like it does for us even still today in our culture as well. Right. I love
3: that. Yeah. I love what you said too, Jeff, coming coming back to the thing about, Josiah talked about, he said it's a secondary emotion, that anger's a secondary emotion. I've heard it called before a covering emotion, that it's like covering mm-hmm. something deeper. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, like, the gift of anger sometimes is that, it, that we can be reflective and understand what's really going on inside of us. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you know, Evie is disobeying me, or doing something that she knows she shouldn't be doing, and I get angry. Reflecting, I can see that some of that's from insecurity. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's discipline that can happen, but my reaction's gonna be different if I'm more reflective. And one of my favorite quotes that I use all the time, and talk about all the time, is from Viktor Frankl, who was a psychologist in Germany. He was a Holocaust survivor, but he said, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Mm -hmm. If we can create space, which is what anger can do for us, right? Like it can cause us to reflect and create that space in between the event and the response, then our response is going to be so much more healthy. It's going to be so much more Christ-like. It's going to be all of those things. That's like the gift of anger for us yeah. is it can cause that
0: for us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, that, the idea of it being a gift, truth, I read it in Chip Dodd's book, The Voice of the Heart, and he talks about kind of the eight core emotions. The truth is anger, but it can go one way. It can be an impairment or it can be a gift. Yeah. And when it's a gift, it shows up as passion. When it's an impairment, it shows up as pride and depression. Mm. And so when you think about like when's the last time you got angry, And I don't even ask y'all, like, think about that. Like, when's the last time you got angry? Well, like, what did that look like? Like, what, what did you feel? What were you hearing? What way did you respond? How did you talk? As you think about that, does that line up in passion or does that line up in pride and depression? Even just looking at the Bible, it's like you said, Jeff, when we look at God, like anger was just this constant passion for his people and for not just a a right way, because like, you know, what is right or wrong, but like, the safe and best way to live. Yeah. And I say safe, you know, we see so much uh, in the Old Testament of anger around sexual immorality and culture wrapped up in, in sexual immorality. And and that's where a lot of people like to go. And that was a, a key indicator, sure. But, but it's because it was unsafe to live that way of, mm-hmm. of this culture of, of sleeping around of like Sodom and Gomorrah, like, and I don't want to get into a hot button topic here, but just like, the things that were listed in the Bible, of what was happening there, it was just like this multiple partner, multiple changing back and forth, different gender, same gender, all of it was like this was an unsafe environment and people were getting pulled into it and it was literally killing people. And so God's passion was to protect people. Yeah. And and that was passion where, you know, you look throughout, you know, other moments in the Bible of, of anger, uh, uh, moments in our life of anger that really tie back to, pride of I'm going to get angry about something because I know I'm wrong or because, because I don't know I'm uncertain, you know, I'm I'm in fear Mm -hmm. or, you know, the depression piece, like I'm going to get angry about something because I can't fix it. And I'm just going to land on this side as opposed to saying, what can I do to fix something or, or at least help in
2: fixing an issue or whatever. And so, and that's the thing, like, if you really look at the Old Testament, every time God's like, Hey, I'm going like, you're being stiff necked and you're not listening. And it's, causing me to get angry, and I'm going to do this, he'll always say, because it's going to turn you back to me. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like that parent who's explaining, like, hey, this is why I'm reacting the way that I'm reacting, and then ultimately it's for you, because yeah, the best great. thing you can have is me. Mm, that's And good. so if this is going to turn you back to me, then it's even though it's an anger emotion, it's still wrapped up in love. Mm. That's
3: good. That's yeah. pretty good. Really
2: good. I liked I mean I I,
3: whenever he first whenever Josiah first started talking, you know, he used the the verse from James, James Mm one nineteen. Um, be I always flip the the way that quick to listen. But yeah, quick to listen, slow (laughs) to speak, speak. slow to become angry. And the message translation, the message version says, Lead with your ears and follow up with your tongue. Mm -hmm. I think that's like a cool image to think about. And actually, use that a lot like in premarital counseling with couples because it's the easiest time to get angry or to be reactive is in the midst of like a heated conflict, right? Mm-hmm. But if we can like learn to lead with our ears and then mm-hmm. follow with our tongue, it will create a way healthier form of communication. But I, I even thought about that just like even with yourself or like when anger comes in, like lead with curiosity, like lead with what's going on and then follow up with like your reaction and what mm-hmm. what comes from
0: that. That's Powerful. good. Yeah, and I th- I think about you know we kind of jump to the New Testament and we look at the life of Jesus and his ability to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Like, and I think that's always like the key verse about Jesus being angry is the flipping the table yeah. story. <laughs> uh, but he he gets angry a lot, and it's mm-hmm. it's usually like you said, Jeff, it's with his people. And Jesus would get angry at his disciples all the time. And he at one point, he tells Peter, he calls Peter Satan, basically, like, get behind me, Satan. Before that, he's like, oh, you're the you're the rock the church is going to get built on. It's like, whoa, what? This idea that, like, one, we can go back and forth. We can be angry in a bad way and a good way. The, the idea that anger being used really for those closest to us, but those who are our people that we want to be better. Jesus will get angry at his disciples because they lacked faith, because they were going to hurt people. I think about the story of, hey, you want us to call a fire down because... That town didn't welcome us in. Jesus like, no, dummies. Like, that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. Like, Jesus would get angry at those moments. They were almost also, like, a little private, too. It wasn't like he was putting people on blast, which I think we see that happen in the church world. Like, you know, I, I think about this YouTube video, that pastor who's, like, calling people out <laughs> yeah. in the congregation yeah. saying, we'll just, we'll just drive our Buick down the street to the right. next church, and you're wrong, you're done. And it's just like, wow. like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, like, that's not, like even if what his words are right, like if people are slipping up, if they're whatever, like having those moments privately where people can actually, one, they're actually going to listen and accept it and receive what you're saying, but like can actually make a change. Like that's important. And I think about the life of Jesus being marked by the, by that passage of James, like quick to listen. How many questions did Jesus ask? He was constantly asking people. I, I think about how he had every right as, as not just God, but like just as a, a person in the community, get mad at things that were happening. Mm-hmm. To get mad, like I think about you know, these, these interactions with, with the woman at the well, the interactions with the woman caught in, in adultery, like, like he'd get mad at that. Like, hey, stop doing this. Like, stop tempting, stop creating this culture in this town, whatever. But like constantly being, being quick to listen. Let me ask a question and hear you. Like, let me ask the woman at the well all these questions and hear what she has to say. And, and and even in that, like he was still, he knew where he was going. He was leading her somewhere. But instead of just trying to crack the whip from the start, which is not going to be received ever, let me ask you questions. Let me hear you first. Let me be slow to speak, and then let my anger be used in passion, like. Anger is not rage. Like that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. When we're raging, like that's not healthy anger. Mm-hmm. When you feel, when when you would describe yourself at any point of of being in rage, like that's probably not a good anger. Mm-hmm. But like that that idea of being really good, like Jesus at asking questions. Like some people would say, Jesus asked 307 questions, whatever. Asking questions and listening. Yeah. Which I'm not doing right now. I keep talking. But
2: no, but that, <laughs> I think that's something that as a society we all struggle with because. Oh yeah. Brutally honest. There's so much stuff that happens, especially like on my neighborhood Facebook page.
0: Ugh, the worst place in the world. We had
2: one the other day where a woman started ranting about a porch pirate for a package that she didn't even order. And so you come to learn that it was the other person's package. They went to her house and grabbed their package.
1: (laughs) Their own package. But, their own package. Yeah, but, but
2: the response was anger. Yep. Like, I'm going to Grace. tell everybody oh, yeah. about how bad of a person this is. Yep. And that if we were more willing to just get to know somebody, yep. ask a couple questions. Our neighborhood page, it was the
0: pool. One of the neighborhood pools, the bottom got cracked. And someone said, well, I saw teenagers. They probably were throwing furniture in the pool.
1: Throwing furniture? Yeah,
0: like like the the pool furniture or just... I don't know, bringing their own furniture, who knows? It got so out of hand, and by the end of it, finally, someone from the HOA jumped on and said no. Like The craftsmanship of the pool, of the product they used was shoddy. It's been recalled. The pool companies come out. They're looking at it. They've taken responsibility, and it was like there was no teenagers everywhere. <laughs> no, that's an easy involved. one. Just all oh, them them crazy kids just breaking the pool, throwing furniture in. <laughs> I heard teenagers. that. I want to think it was like a dresser or something real oh, random, oh, yeah. like a random piece of furniture. <laughs> <A TV laughs> of furniture. Yes, a couch but but or yes, exactly like that. Neighborhood pages, next door app, pick your deal. Those are great pictures of, to me, like, rage, like, unhealthy anger at stuff. That doesn't get anyone anywhere. It doesn't help anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Okay, I got a question. Like, growing up, especially, like, in church, Mm -hmm. did y'all see anger as bad, a bad emotion?
1: I didn't grow up in church, but what I did learn was that anger was bad. Like, you shouldn't you shouldn't get angry, or any times that I saw someone angry, like, it didn't make me feel good, mm-hmm. and I knew that that's not what I ever wanted, and it definitely, like, it reminded me of, of when Josiah was talking about, like, shoving... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, you really said sh- shoving scout. scout, yeah, into the trunk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, shoving your anger down, like, I think that's what I was taught mm-hmm. the most is... Anger's bad. It's not helpful, and just don't get angry. Don't let things bother you. It's mm. fine. Just let it go. And there's a time and a place to let things go and not have it hold on to you if your anger is, you know, causing a negative reaction. But like we've mentioned a hundred times, like it can be really good. Um, but it can be misunderstood. I think a lot. And if you're not shown what anger, healthy anger looks like you probably only have negative opinions of anger because you're seeing pain or hurt, even just, like, the idea of someone yelling. Like, that's, that's not something pleasant. So, I don't know. Yeah, definitely grew up feeling that, for sure.
2: I was never taught that, like, anger's negative. I think what I, quote-unquote, was taught or just kind of learned was that my anger never worked out for me. Like, I was the younger sibling. There were times in my life that I can think about when I was angry, But it was always somebody else was angrier or I would try to, like, let my anger out. And it was just like, Jeff, you're just like, why are you acting that way? What's wrong? I got to the point where, yeah, I kind of shoved it in the trunk and was just like, anger isn't getting me anywhere. So I'm just going to stop it.
0: Like, my church setting, I feel like that's what I saw the most, like, emotion-wise was anger. anger. Mm. It was masked behind righteous anger but really it was insecure anger a lot. Like I think about it, man, I think about it just a few moments, like on a Sunday morning where just, you know, pastor raging mad and angry at people for whatever. And it, and it wasn't about their walk with Jesus. It was about like their their interactions at church or him or his family or whatever. And it was like, I'm defending my family. Like, And, and like that sounds like a movie, but I there's so many people I know that like, they had moments like that in their churches growing up, and and denominational type churches and th- stuff. And but that was the thing. Like I, I was very familiar with with anger and with rage. It took me a long time to learn and develop. Like th- like we've been talking about, like the truth of anger that it could be a gift, you know, and and what righteous anger really is. Because because like I said, like that example of the YouTube video, like I watched that and I laughed because you know it was just it was ridiculous and crazy, and that guy was. Because in one moment, he's like, you're dumb, and you haven't been here, blah, blah, blah. But I love you. But I love you. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, but that was the deal. It's like, I laugh at that because I've also seen that and experienced that. But, but, you know, and I think about, like, even in my house, like, it's taken me a long time to develop uh, develop the ability to... Put names to the emotions the things i'm feeling and and to actually use those to develop to get better to change my environment whatever but like anger was always there and i look back at even like my dad and like my dad is you know and he doesn't have teenagers now so he's less angry of course but like i think even he like thinking about the times he would get really angry with me it really was tied back to to safety man we would get in fights all the time because i i would come home at 12 31 on a friday and my curfew was 12 30. And he would be like, "Why can't you just leave five minutes earlier than you left? Like, why are you always home one to three minutes late?" <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, "Exactly, it's one to three minutes. What's the?" <laughs> and I would always go to because I was the yeah. super church kid. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking. I'm not a bad kid. <laughs> and, and I was. I was like playing Smash Brothers with my friend or something. But like, but Practice. like he'd get so mad. But looking back, it's like he was so mad because of that. Like there was a there was a good place, and you know. Sometimes it was rage, and it's 12.30 in the middle of the night. He's trying to sleep and go to work at 4 a.m. the next morning. I get it. But, but yeah, I, I just think about, like, I I grew up seeing that. I just didn't see a healthy way of how that could actually be used to change someone's environment, to change someone's life, to change a community, to change a church for the better.
3: My my parents got angry, and there was, there was anger at home that I don't feel like was, like, unhealthy. Or mm-hmm. I mean, there were times where, you know, I got— unhealthily angry, and my parents did, but I think from like a a spiritual or church perspective, anger was like bad, like you mm -hmm. shouldn't get angry. Our church, I grew up at Crosstumers for most of my childhood, and you know, it was very much like Jesus focused, and compassion, and caring, and kind, and patient for others, you know, which was really good, but yeah, it was almost like you need to kind of live in harmony with all people, Mm -hmm. and anger isn't a part of that, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah. It's almost like you had to swing the pendulum so far, because yeah. the world's mm-hmm. so angry, like, let's live in harmony, but yeah. there is still a purpose yeah. To, yeah, yeah. to that anger. Well,
3: and I feel like one of the kind of detriments of that was, and I see it in people that I talk with too, like, kind of the analogy of putting it in the trunk was that people would get angry at God. Like, mm-hmm. you, would, mm-hmm. you would be angry because you were praying for something, believing for something, You know, your life's not going the way that you want it to, and you're like, God, why is this not changing? But it was almost like that's heretical to get mad at God. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can't tell God how you're feeling
2: people get mad at God all the time. Yeah,
3: David is mad at God all throughout all the Psalms, the right?
0: So I think And those who were angriest with God or the frequency in which we see them be angry that was recorded were also like the ones that were the closest. Exactly. Yeah. Because
3: yeah. they were in tune with themselves and and were secure in their relationship with God that yeah. they knew that it wasn't a relationship that was if you get mad at me then I'm not going to be in a relationship with you anymore. Yeah. Like they knew the foundation of connection and love and acceptance and so yeah, I think that's like a hard untangling that's an unlearning that's had to be done for me and for other people that I see is like God wants he doesn't want you to be angry at him but he wants you to be open fully transparent with him
2: about how you're feeling and it actually brings that closeness yeah yeah um I have a random question it's a little silly but specifically with your kids have you ever used fake anger Where it's, like, you're really not, like, you need to let them know you're serious, but you're really not that upset about it. Or they've done something really bad, but it's hilarious Mm. and cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're trying not to, like, smile and, Mm. like, take pictures and stuff, but you need to let them know, like, hey, don't rub peanut butter all over your face or something, you know? Mm. (laughs) Have y'all ever done that before? Yeah, I mean,
3: like, mostly for us, if our kids, like, come out of bed, you know, come out of the room after bedtime, and they're, like... Daddy, my fingertip hurts, you know? And they're, like, so cute. Like, we'll lift a pillow up and be like, they're cute, you know? But we'll be like, you need to go to bed bed now, now. yeah. I'm going to take, you know, your teddy bear if you don't go back to, you know, whatever.
0: Take your teddy bear (laughs) take. I don't think I've done that. I think I've actually been angry, and Daisy just laughs in my face. and And then runs away, and it's like, Cool. Does that make you more mad? Oh, of course, of course. They're they're a good anger test, though. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And and what you know, I think back to something Jeff you said. The deal of anger, being like Jesus, asking questions, slowing down. Like with kids, they ask you why, and they'll ask you why sometimes in an annoying way. But but sometimes they're genuinely like they want to know. But but why? Yeah. Like I can I can do it. Mm-hmm. Like I. I can eat another snack. Why? <laughs> and it's like, you have to, if you choose to, which we try to choose to like, yeah, let's explain. Like, let's take a moment. Let's explain the why on some, on some things. One, it caused you to know, well, I don't actually, maybe I don't know why, or I should know my why. So like, let me slow down and figure out why. I think about this a lot. Cause like there are few and far between moments, I think where people are genuinely open to conversations about faith or spirituality. And it's usually a simple question that they may have had for years. And my thing is like, if 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 I just blow them off or I try to make up an answer, like, that doesn't go well. But if I can just slow down and think, well, let me think, what is it that I believe? What is it that, mm-hmm. what is it that I think about this and to this point in my life and why I choose to respond this way? And And that typically goes a lot further. And when I do that, like, I, my anger slows down too because it's like she doesn't understand why she can't eat five things of fruit snacks. For sure. Because they're good and we have them so why not? Right. And and like because I said so is going to is, I'm going to say that a lot. I know. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a perfect parent over here but like but explaining to her like hey like why you shouldn't have that much sugar right now? Why you shouldn't eat all that when we're about to have dinner? Why dinner's <laughs> important? Like what can happen at dinner when we all get to the table together? Like there's just little things that you can really go into that help develop her understanding beyond just saying because I said so, yeah, or because I'm your dad. But if I can explain that, then like I don't have to have that conversation again. And like I say, I say the fruit snack thing. That's clearly a real example uh, <laughs> because like she'll now just randomly like we can't have too much sugar, right, Dad? Because it hurts our tummies. I'm like,
3: that's right. <laughs> you're, lear- you're That's right. Listening.
0: And and she's listening and learning. Where oh, I don't yeah. have to tell her no all the time, and it's true because she got sick one time after halloween eating all that dang candy yeah. and it's like i told you like yeah. too much of a good thing can totally. be a bad thing <laughs> yeah. come on yeah. but but i think about that and i think about a and we'll link the, come, some of the resources we mentioned here um there's a book called think again by adam grant hmm. and i don't believe he's a christian uh, he's a really interesting guy to listen to he's been on a bunch of podcasts but he's on a podcast with Carrie newhoff who's church leader pastor all this guy and and it's a very very unique conversation between a pastor and someone who, who at least seems to be non-religious or not a Christian, and his whole thing, the book Think Again, is about us slowing down, asking questions, and and creating um, the muscle to think again. Mm-hmm. So like things that we hear, things that have been cliche, sayings, or, or, or anything, like our beliefs currently, what does it look like for us to actually be able to engage in helpful conversations? And in our world today that's pitted against each other constantly, this is an important tool to build because the idea of thinking again and being able to explain your why is so important because you're you're gonna change your mind mm-hmm. and you're gonna change your view and you're gonna change your belief, and that should happen. Those yeah. things should adapt. Those things should be able to flow and to change depending on your situation. And he has this this podcast with Gary Newhoff and he actually asked Gary like, hey, you know, why do you believe this about the Bible? Hey, Jesus said this, what does that really mean? And Carrie, like, stopping down, like, this kind of uh, leader podcast and interview-style podcast to actually have a real conversation and to say, like, oh, you know what? I'm not sure, but this is what I've heard, and this is what I believe to this point of my life. Even that language right there is so open to someone saying, okay, you know, this Christian is not dead set in the ways of what I grew up hearing. Like, mm-hmm. they're willing to have a conversation. They're willing to say, mm-hmm. well, this is what I believe today, but that could change, or that could you know, adapt or, 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 you know, shift a little bit like that to me is going to open up so many more doors for us as, as believers and followers of Jesus to welcome people into the kingdom, uh, to be not insecure, but secure in our faith, uh, because we're never going to know everything. Mm -hmm. And, and I just love that. And and Jeff, I appreciate you saying that because it, it did, it spurred that, that book on that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about halfway through, about halfway through a lot of books, but, (laughs) but it's been, it'd been a very interesting idea to think, you know, to ask more questions, to ask myself questions, to really dig into what I believe. And, and so we'll link that, but I thought that was good.
3: A lot of times, and this is maybe one of the most depressing parts of our current cultural moment, is that a lot of times the anger that we feel leads to disgust in people or leads to contempt, like mm. contemptuous feelings towards people. And that like feeling of disgust and contempt is the most dehumanizing thing we can do to someone else. Mm. So if we go in the opposite direction, which... I think, like, our call is to infuse, like, the Imago Day in everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that we're representations of, of God and we want to show people that they are that too yeah. and they have that potential is going in that other direction of slowing down, of being patient, of asking questions. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. those those kind of things. Yeah. Like, it is, I think it is the antidote to, like, the anger that leads to hatred that leads to contempt that leads to disgust in other people people who aren't like us it's so powerful for sure
1: yeah, yeah having that first response of compassion yeah and forgiveness and love mm-hmm. and yeah it's because it's again it's not saying don't ever get angry it's mm-hmm. just like don't let that be the first one yeah because it can alter that so since it's father's day what what's been your favorite father's day have you had a favorite father's day
2: I've had two. So, <laughs> so, pick one. Which one has been better? Um,
1: or what's your perfect Father's Day, maybe?
2: Honestly, like, I'm, I'm very much a, a homebody, and so I just want to be home, not... You look like a human body to yeah, me. Yeah, that's
0: true. Ah, good dad joke
2: Woo-hoo. there. Montana, uh, <laughs> oh,
1: straight face, did not care about <laughs> that. Thanks, that's good. Not a chuckle. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I mean, I just want to be home with my family, relaxing, being silly, have good food. Nothing that I have to do, only Mm. things that I get to do. Mm. That's
3: good. good. So my favorite Father's Day memory is that uh, we found out, Michelle found out that she was pregnant with our first kid, like, a couple weeks after Father's Day. And so she, like, I came home from church, and she had bought me, like, a number one dad T-shirt and a hat. And so I walked in and saw that, and I was like, are you serious? And, like, we weren't expecting it, and so it was really, and she had, like, taken a picture of me that morning. She had, like, woken up really early <laughs> and take took a pregnancy test and found out, you know, it was positive. So she, like, took a picture of me, and, like, I don't know, that, that moment <laughs> sticks out to me as, like,
2: That's sweet.
3: really, really sweet. My wife
2: told me at 5 a.m., and I was like, huh? That's great. That's
0: not fair. I'm so excited. <laughs> <I know. laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I have, like, a favorite memory day. is uh, a, a great gift giver. So, like, I'm wearing boots right now that were from last year's Father's Day. And then I got socks this year with everyone's face on it. And I, I'll be honest.
2: She's working her way up. You're going to have pants next year. No, oh, they're yeah. on
0: there. I got a picture. <laughs> um, I'll show you a picture. Boots too high. But I, I've seen people with those socks, and I think it's silly. But then once I saw my kids' faces on it, and I put it on and it, like, stretched them real big. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> just a little this bit of is sunshine. great. Yeah. I love these. <laughs> it's so it's goofy. Awesome. But, yeah, the gifts have been good. I don't know. Today, we'll, we're going to go swimming. We'll eat some steak. But, yeah, I don't know. Just chilling out. Well, thanks for joining us on Talk It Out. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe so you can get the episode each week when it drops. Share this with someone. And like we said, if there was a book or resource we mentioned that you're interested in, uh, all of those notes are there in the show notes. So you can check those resources out on your own. Uh, But we will see you next week as we will be talking it out uh, regarding baby dedication and uh, the message we hear then. So we'll see you next time.